Hey folks, welcome to episode five. In this episode, we talk to Kathy Wilson, who is the first British female to qualify for the CrossFit Games in the Masters category. Uh, we have a quick chat post-training session about starting CrossFit, how she then transitioned into competition, and then some of the balance of competing and preparing to go over to Madison for the CrossFit Games in July. Um, enjoy the episode and, and make sure you connect with and support Kathy Wilson and her journey to the CrossFit Games. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone, uh, welcome to episode 5. I'm with Kathy Wilson. Uh, we've just done a training session, so we're a bit warm and, a bit warm and sweaty. Um, we're just going to have a catch up, have a chat to Kathy about um, qualifying for the Games in the Masters category, being the first British female. Um, we'll have a bit of a discussion in terms of what got Kathy into CrossFit, but then also um, the kind of journey from starting out to where she is now. So I'll just get Kathy to introduce herself and then we'll fire away with some questions. Hello, I'm Catherine Wilson. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I know we've sort of had a bit of a conversation while we we'll be training this morning, but if you can kind of just think about how you started, what drew, what drew you to CrossFit? It was uh, my husband, actually. He was the one who first introduced me to CrossFit. A friend of his had taken him down and had a session, and he was like, please come and try it, you'll love it, you'll really enjoy it. And at the time we were already training, doing other things, doing circuit training, combat. And I was like, well, we don't really need to be putting anything else in our lives at the minute. We've got, we do enough. And he was like, try it once. If you don't like it, I'll never mention it again. And it took one class. Just one class. <laughs> one class and I was hooked. <laughs> Fantastic. And then, did you ever see yourself, when you first started, were you aware of the sort of the competitive side of the sport? Or was it more just something to do, some, something to keep you fit, basically? It was definitely something just to keep us fit. Um, I wasn't aware of the, the com- competi- competition side of, of CrossFit at that point. Um, but I did like how um, the, white, the whiteboard worked and you were very accountable for what you were doing. And it was something more tangible rather than just going to the gym and lifting weights or going on a machine or, you know, you stay in your comfort zone. But when you've actually got numbers that you can look at, I found that was really good for myself to compete against myself because it made me work harder to, to earn the RX score on the board and to, to hit those higher weights each time. So that was my first sort of sense of competition, I suppose, in CrossFit yep. with myself. And then when you did become aware of sort of the, the, op- the option or the opportunity to compete, um, what, was your, what was your sort of the, the first, your first tentative steps into sort of the competing in the sport of fitness? Um, I remember going to watch, um, it was Four Nations at, um, with, that was run by train at the time, yeah. um, and it was the year that Sam Briggs had won the Games, Yeah. I remember going down and watching her, we'd gone to support, it was Mike Reed and Johnny Rowan were both at CrossFit Women at the time, and, and they were both competing in the Masters and English team respectively, and I just was absolutely in awe of these people, I was like, oh my god, and the Masters team especially... Um, you know, Jane Holgate, um, Martina Galbraith, there were people like that, and I was like thinking, oh my God, these women, these are women my age doing this. And I wasn't aware that, you know, there was this whole thing for, for the older folk. Yeah. I was like, you know, you know. I, I suppose I come from a quite competitive background, so that it was like, straight away it was fueling the fire. 
Um, but I, I remember watching that competition and that was like the tipping point for me. This is like, I want to do this. And subsequently went to watch a couple more competitions. Uh, it was Battle of London. Yep. Uh, the year was at the Copper Box. Yeah, I remember it well. <laughs> the, the nice flooring. Um, and that was another time watching um, Marie Blumenthal, you know, in the Masters, Women's Masters and, and being completely amazed by these women, uh, you know, and a year later I was at TAG competing alongside these women. Fant- and that was just, that was amazing. How did you find that in terms of going from watching, being a spectator, being in awe of these individuals, so then effectively in a, in a heap standing side by side to some of the people that, you know, maybe a year ago, months before, you were watching thinking, oh, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to do what these people are doing. Yeah, plus it has the same, doesn't it? You know, work until your your idols become your rivals. Yeah. And you know that, that was very much rang true for me. Um, I was I've been very fortunate. You know, at the time I was at Wigan, um, the coach there, Mike, sort of said, you know, you've got the ability to go and compete, and he sort of pushed me into the first few competitions, um, and then luckily uh, Johnny Waring was able to help me with my programming, <coughs> and it progressed from there really, and. I don't think I don't think I even I don't think I'm aware now of what I just think I'm dead ordinary. I think <laughs> I'm an ordinary person who does a bit is a bit obsessive with the training. I don't really sort of see what you know anything special that I do. I yep. just I just enjoy what I do, and I think that's, that's I shock myself sometimes when I go oh just won that competition that's great <laughs> you know but it's it's not been sort of you know I don't think I'm always going to do that. Yeah, it's more just. I'm just, just doing this. You're almost just as shocked as everybody else when those results come in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So in terms of, so tag, first competition, and then did you, was it then a case of just grab as many, do as many competitions as you can? Or was there, did you start thinking, well, actually, you know, I need a bit of a plan for this? Or is it kind of a bit not necessarily very planned at the start it was kind of I'll just keep trying this and just see just seeing what sticks really um I think what happened was um we've done I've done a few competitions and I, everything was starting to fall into place um and it was a couple of years ago um after the open would have been what 2015 yeah um I just thought if I get myself on, the, on, on a good program here, you know, I can start doing something really good. Mm-hmm. And really, it, it, it built on that. And in, as much as I've always enjoyed doing other competitions, the getting to the games, but because I was turning 45 in a couple of years, I knew that that, that was my target. That sort of turning into the, the next age group up, yeah. making me the youngest person again, was, was going to be where I was going to try and capitalise on it. And did you find that kind of that sort of shift in terms of the, the, the sort of age categories acted as kind of a bit of a catalyst, a bit of a boost? It's kind of, well, if I don't oh, effectively do yeah. this now, then there might there might be the chance yeah, that I won't do it. it was a window of opportunity. And that's, you know, I made some moves. I moved to CrossFit Leyland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, my programme is completely done by Jonathan Warren now. And that was quite important at that point because I knew I had this window of opportunity and I couldn't miss it. Yeah. So I had to put things in place quite quickly and, and, and move with it. And, you know, it was it was sad having to move from one box to another, but it, it wasn't a, a necessary move. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously it's now, it's paid off. But it's been really, really hard work. The last, certainly the last six months training-wise has been incredibly tough it's probably been the hardest six months I've ever done up until the point where I've I don't, I don't like CrossFit anymore because <laughs> it's it's so hard 
but in Antarctica I do really. Um, and I had a bit of a hiccup in, in my training last year. Um, I had a bit of an injury off the back of that. I lost my dad, and those things really had a big impact on on my motivation to train. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily, I've got this amazing team of people around me. I don't consider what I've done as a an individual achievement. It's been a bunch of te- a team achievement, you know, with with John and my husband, and um, there's Paul uh, Simmons who zero hench. He he is just the most amazing person when it comes to sports psychology. Mm-hmm. You know, people often loads of people know Paul. People maybe don't know that he was one of Britain's number one tennis players, world tennis players. And um, you, you heard know, here first if you didn't know. <laughs> he obviously has been in a very competitive sport himself and understands the pressures of competing. So he's really helped me with sort of tuning myself in for going into competitions with the right mindset half the battle sometimes is in your head mm-hmm. you know and I've seen some of the most amazing female athletes at grassroots competitions slightly unravel under the pressure of being in a competition and for me you know to have that sort of clarity of mind stepping out onto the competition floor is is my edge yeah I was just, I was I was going to ask just that exact question in terms of identifying that sort of mindset is effectively going to be potentially the difference between failure and success quite early on. Do you think that's stood you in good stead? I know we had a conversation while we were training around the fact that you probably don't maybe get to train maybe as much as a younger athlete would, so you've got to make the opportunities that you do train. You've got to train with a bit more intent and a bit more in purpose. And we kind of discussed whether that was actually probably set you up for a better sense in terms of competition, which is kind of like a a one-shot, one-kill um, as opposed to setting yourself up for just regular, tra- you know, training a lot without necessarily the same purpose or intent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of the um, training I do, I mean, obviously I do lots of different styles of training from lengthy 40-minute workouts to some, like, you know, 20-minute AMRAP, whatever. But whenever I try and do go to the classes at Lane, especially, um, they're a short 6-10 minute workout the hit with the highest of intensity yeah. because that is normally what you look when you look at competitions very rarely do you have anything that goes over 15 minutes I'm not saying you don't occasionally you do mm-hmm. um, so yeah working to that intensity is really really important and I tend to favour that over volume and as I was saying to you before it's more to do with the fact as an older athlete my body wouldn't be able to cope with the volume mm-hmm. uh, that would leave me more prone to injury and again, as a masters athlete, one of the key things is trying to stay fit and healthy. It's a it, that's a challenge, mm. um, especially when you're, you're doing it at this kind of level. It's it's not something that you can take lightly. You have to really make sure you're tuning in all those like accessory work and the rehab work or prehab work, you know, because it's it's important. It stops the injuries occurring. And it must be it must be a difficult balance in terms of finding the right balance in terms of training and intensity to in terms to keep you kept to keep you competitive but then also to kind of work on that programme to sort of peak at just the right time, yeah. but at the same time sort of maintain those injuries. And it was just in- it's interesting to kind of maybe take stock of the kind of the work that you are doing in terms of just the maintenance to keep that training at the level of intensity that you want. This is, I think this is where I've been um, fortunate that Johnny knows me as a person, as a friend. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the programme he does for me is very tailored. So he knows, he knows all my, my capabilities and he knows my restrictions, and he knows what things will will cause my 
long-standing injuries to, to flare up. So he won't program me something that he knows will cause me a problem down the line. Now, we sometimes walk a fine line. You know, I've just come out of a strength cycle that was one of the toughest strength cycles I've ever done. Um, but it's already paid off. I've like had two PBs in the last week. And sort of, you, you know yourself, you get to a point where those PBs come less and less. Yeah. <laughs> and you start to max out on things. So to, to actually achieve those is fantastic and proves that what he does works. But it, it has to be tailored to... What, what I'm capable of yep. you know it, it, you know as much as I'm, I'm not like saying that anybody else's uh, programming is incorrect but I think that's what works for me mm. because because I have got like ongoing old people things <laughs> like duff shoulders <laughs> so I was just wanting to talk about the um, sort of the, the process from the open to your going through the qualifiers uh, so you come out, come out back of the open in a very a very good place, very probable that you'll be going through the uh, qualifiers, out the back of the qualifiers, and then you're in that kind of no man's land where you're waiting for the decisions to be made and for it to be final. Because I know a lot, a lot of people were kind of very early on. Well done, Kathy. You, you, you've nailed it, and you were very you're very you're very humble. And I, I just want to kind of talk about that process of what it was like, just waiting for it to be one hundred percent certain. It was the longest few weeks of my life ever. I didn't have a great time at the Open. I really did Not not scores-wise, yep. but just the workouts weren't particularly to my favour. I didn't feel so. I really felt uh, emotionally a bit crushed after the Open. My, my target was a top 30 finish and I came 33rd. And I, that was, you know, I had a lot of ground to make up to get into that top 20. But Johnny always said to me, it's not a five-workout process it's a mind workout process and you've got to treat it as that so that kind of gave me something to sort of aim for mm-hmm. and then obviously after doing the online qualifiers which is a much better process because it's done in one weekend you're not like dragging it out weeks on weeks so you, you have it all over and done with one weekend you know and I've never been so nervous doing qualifiers but I really was but I think obviously it helped um, and then it was this waiting and you put your scores in, and it's a 48-hour window that people can have the scores verified. And that 48 hours was the hardest 48 hours. And then there was a momentary point of relief when I knew the window were closed, and I wasn't going to move on the board. And it was like, yes, I'm definitely yeah. in. I'm 14. That's amazing. Now you're going to ask for my video. Oh, my God. <laughs> ask for my video. Is my video okay? You know, like, and then you're racking your brain thinking, have I done everything right on the video? And they're like, yes, you've done everything right on the video. But you sure I've done everything right on the video? Yes, the video's fine. So then there was another weight of the video being checked and then verified. And that period was probably the hardest period because you're just on tent hooks all the time because you just you don't know what they're will they see some will they see something you didn't yeah, you know you know and you know I mean I literally picked my video to pieces in the process waiting but there was, obviously there was nothing wrong with it it yep. was just you know out my own nerves. But when it came back that it was um, verified, then that was the moment I was like, "Yes, now I can, now I can celebrate, now I can be happy." <laughs> and what were your initial when you kind of got to that point? I suppose you kind of the verifications come through, and then I guess you receive your invite, and that yes. when that arrives, what was kind of what were your thoughts and feelings when you kind of it was there in front of you? Very you know, surreal. going. It's like wow, I've <laughs> got an invite to the CrossFit Games. <laughs> That was, it was a very surreal moment, and it still does feel a little bit surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had a lot of um, mixed emotions about it. Obviously, it's the pinnacle of a CrossFit's career. It's, 
it, it's it's the holy grail, isn't it? It's yeah. it's what you know anybody who competes in CrossFit to be able to get to the CrossFit Games, you wouldn't care where you came. And obviously, that's not that true. But you know, it, I was absolutely elated that I'd got there because this has been a goal for many years, <clears throat> a dream, and it's a dream come true. But it sounds dead cheesy, but it is. You know. You talk about goals and dreams, and the two different things. A goal is something you can control and you can achieve. You you, you have you control the factors to it. A dream you don't. Yeah. It's it's a bit of chance. So yeah, it's a dream come true. But it was also tinted a little bit of sadness because my dad, I think, was the person who probably made the the competitive person that I am. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he would have just been so made up that I'd got that, that I'd done it because you know even. You know, he died last year in September. He had um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a cancer, um, and he actually lived with it for several years. And it flared up at the beginning of last year. Um, but he was a tough. He was a tough man. He was a very, you know, he used to run marathons well into his fifties, and he was always active. You know, he was active up until the week before he passed away. Um, and we talked that week, and I said to him, you know. Got this because we tried to talk about things other than being poor, and yeah. I said to him, You know, I've got this open coming up soon, and he was just like, Oh, you'll do it. He's like, You better do it. I was like, I will do it. <laughs> and he, you know, and I just know that I mean, he would be coming, if yeah. He was here. So there was a little bit of sadness that I couldn't tell him, uh-huh. a little bit of sadness that I couldn't share that with him. But I suppose in, you, you get sort of dedicate this effort in, in effect to his memory, and that, oh, yeah. that you know, and I suppose those that kind of mindset's definitely passed seems to have passed on to you in terms of being a very dedicated athlete in the, in the time I've known you you've been very humble but you kind of just worked at your craft and I think you've got what you deserve in terms of where you, where you are now and I suppose that's knowing that you probably wouldn't admit it yourself but knowing that I, I suppose kind of is, does it make it easier to kind of come to terms with those those knots and blows so they can be quite like you say it could have quite easily been something that derailed the process that you're on and the, the kind of the journey you're on to get to the games but uh, a testament to yourself in terms of your mindset you managed to kind of I promised him as well yeah so I, <clears throat> I couldn't you know and I didn't want to let him down plus you know it was and I, I know what he was like he, you know he wouldn't want me to have given up on something like that mm. over him you know that he would I think he would have you know he was one of those kind of people who was like if you're going to do something do it properly and I think that's that is something how I've approached a lot of the things that I do and it makes people think well, you're a bit obsessive when you get into something oh yeah because you do it to the full but he was exactly the same mm-hmm. you know he, he would get into I mean he got into um, boating and he ended up building his own yacht <laughs> <laughs> you know that was the kind of guy he was yeah. so you know I think that you know as much as I haven't built anything you know it, it's very much the same sort of thing so once I got into CrossFit I had to make sure I ticked off all those boxes because um, there's nothing worse than getting into a competition and being quiet on something because it will find you. Mm. You know those those little weaknesses you have will be found uh, in any good competition. So it was always important to make sure that everything was you know done properly. And it, I think it's it's clear that you kind of yes that's what you've done. You've gone on and kind of built your craft, worked on your weaknesses, and that you kind of the product of your work is obviously in terms of qualifying um, and getting to the games what's changed now since so you've got your invite you're going in terms of your training I know we've just um, done a session earlier this morning which was rest day Thursday definitely didn't feel like rest day Thursday by the way Uh, for me anyway (laughs) (laughs) 
What's um, what specifically have you worked with um, John to uh, change in your training now to prepare for going to Madison? The the main things that have changed, obviously, we're doing some more sort of like little cycles. So I've just come out of a strength um, going into more of a gymnastics now, and then obviously in the next couple of weeks, the engine work will be getting picked up a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, although we, we we continue to always maintain some of this high volume stuff. Um, so we have our weekly 40 minute EMOM which is becoming a bit infamous I think yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a really great way of getting that volume in and it, it, it is a, a game changer when it comes to the engine side of things um, it gives you an opportunity to work at quite a high intensity over a long period of time the other kind of things that I'm changing um, nothing major really but the, the added extra uh, temperature change obviously the climate's slightly different over in Madison mm-hmm. unfortunately having four kids can't nip off to me or Curry we're really glamorous to do a bit of training so training's getting done in the greenhouse instead yeah um <clears throat> which is as hot as Mallorca but um obviously a bit easier for the uh, school so that that has been interesting I'll say it's not been as bad as I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. but we certainly obviously with the weather we've had recently it's been a good test because I think that's what I'm going to be having to deal with when I get out there. And it does it does make you train slightly differently, it just make you work, you know, you do feel like your energy levels drop. Um, but we talked a little bit about nutrition earlier, yeah. and um, a very good friend of mine who um, has CrossFit 26 in Wigan, uh, Andy Wright, he's helped me, he's a bit of a food scientist geek, what might be saying that. <laughs> and he's, he's come up with a really good plan for me, which basically uh, high volume of fluids, but loading the body with electrolytes and things like that before you train rather than trying to replenish it all after you train. Which, you know, if you saw me before we went out, I had like yeah. a little stash of something. And that is that is me preloading before I start so that you don't have that feeling of, ugh. Yeah. So that, you know, that can happen if you, if you don't have it already in your system. So. And would you say, because I know we had a kind of a, a very brief discussion on nutrition and when we were trying to talk about the kind of, do you think that's, all of these elements coming together have made a beginning have made a difference um, yeah you can't have one without the other I don't think and <clears throat> it can be really difficult um, I think from my perspective as a mother you know you know that's my my key role I'm trying to fit in the training and the lifestyle and the the food and the eating plan around family life it's hard it's tricky and there's, there's days where I don't get it right, and there's certainly days that I, you know, I've said to you, I don't eat enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll suddenly realise later on, at one point in the day, I should have eaten that and I've forgotten. It's, and because sometimes you're not hungry to eat, but the food needs to be in there for you to be able to perform. And that's what, what I'm eating for. I'm eating to perform, I'm not eating for aesthetics. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's about power output at the moment. And you talk, kind of just mentioned there in terms of getting that sort of the, the balance of, of being mum training supporting a family supporting a business and that kind of stuff is and there'll be a lot of people thinking just how the hell do you do, how the hell do you get it all done and i suppose it's hard it's hard and it's, it's it comes at a cost you know a lot of people have said to me oh you're so lucky going to madison and, and i do feel lucky i feel you know I, I, I'm, I'm having this opportunity to do something that a lot of people would want to do but it's certainly come at a cost you know, it's and, and obviously it's come at cost of friendships and, and seeing my family and, and taking the kids to places that they would like to go to. 
my kids are luckily really great and they, they're all into CrossFit themselves so it's not too much of a hardship but it's like I'm going to the CrossFit gym when we actually going to the CrossFit gym you know and we're dragged along um, so the, 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 I'm lucky from that point of view they are quite they are quite supportive but it has been hard in trying to get those two training sessions in a day or three training sessions in a day and you need to have if you want to be able to do something like this you need to have the support around you mm-hmm. you know husband especially he, he's supported massively he's been you know the person who's had the kids when I've had to go off and do something the person who watches them when I'm swimming lessons at the moment so yeah it's it's it, it's a it's a it's a juggling act and things are certainly falling to the wayside <laughs> You know, ironing mountain like you would not believe in the other room. <laughs> ironing for time later. <laughs> Always ironing for time. And <laughs> um, so, I was inter- interested to know um, what's the uh, what's the thing you're looking forward to most arriving in Madison, and what's the thing you're looking well looking at for least when you arrive, or the thing that worries you most about being in Madison. Um, <clears throat> I think looking forward to most will be the first moments I walk out onto that competition floor mm-hmm. I just want to be able to I, I hope I'm not so nervous that I don't remember it I want to be able to just uh, remember that first moment of walking out there looking around with my t-shirt with Wilson on it and, and remembering this is this is what I was aiming for all along and and because that it's just it's the first of everything isn't it so that that'll be that's going to be quite a precious moment for me. So if, if I look a little bit like a bunny in the headlights... <laughs> you see, you, you see you're pin, pinching yourself on screen. You know, a... Or if they say three, two, one, go, and I'm still looking around. <laughs> That's possibly why. Um, the least part, I think... Um, I mean, there's a couple of moves that I'm not favourable to in CrossFit but they're going to come anyway. I'm not really worried about them because that's just going to have to take it on the chin. Mm-hmm. Um I just want to be able to deliver the best I can. I think that my, the fear, if, there's a, if that's what you want to call it, is not looking like I belong. And that sounds yeah. like a bit of a negative thing to say, and I don't mean it to, mm-hmm. but I want to go there and, and represent UK CrossFitters and the Masters you know, community especially, because um, there's, there's, there's only a select few have actually ever, ever got over there as Masters. It's dominated by the Americans, and I want to let them know that yeah, we're, we're good over in this country. We're coming. It's a force um, to be reckoned with. Yeah, so I hope I do them proud. That's that's you know, and yeah, so I don't want to let them down. That's that's me, my little fear. I don't want to let down the UK crossfitters, masters. Community. I'm sure you will. <laughs> uh, so recently, you had the opportunity to train with Sam. Um, yeah, well, so not with she was just there. Uh, <laughs> well, I suppose in in some ways, the questions I was going to ask was really. It was a great opportunity to sort of talk to someone who's been through that process, and I was just wondering what kind of whether she had words of advice for you, and kind of how she kind of sort of how she described the process, and how she kind of gave you some things to kind of consider to make the whole the whole transition process of being in Madison a bit more easy to deal with. Um, the day that uh, we met up, um, she was just getting herself prepped for regionals mm-hmm. so we didn't actually talk that much we, we were discussing gloves and, and hand attire actually the most um you know she devils she, in the detail <laughs> <laughs> well this is it you know i'm a bit of a glove wearer um but yeah she i think she was really more focused on what she was trying to get herself mm-hmm. sorted out for regionals so we didn't really discuss it that much to be honest with you has anyone have you has anyone sort of reached out to you for who has been to the games and kind of sort of had I did have a, a chat with um, Scott Jenkins yep. at Space and Bar just recently, and he, he gave me sort of like some 
not heads up, but you know, he sort of taught me to what he experienced, and you know, I mean, he absolutely loved his experiences out there, and he, he was like, "You'll love it. You'll have the best time ever." Um, and and I was like saying to him, you know, I really hope that I can maintain my position. He was like, "No, aim for the top ten, get in the final." Yeah, that was. He said. He said I got in the final the first year. So I think that was like really nice advice, sort of like not not to be just satisfied with being there. Yeah. You know, and, and that's obviously what I want to do. I want to go and I want to compete. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like the, the the part of showing that the UK have got some good good people who can compete. And uh, yeah, if you can get to, into the top ten, that'd be great. <laughs> so um, this weekend. Uh, on Sunday, uh, you've got an event at Leyland. Um, yes. So if you just explain what that is, and then obviously we can kind of promote that through the uh, the podcast page. You give us an idea of uh, what people will be up to. And... Right, well, I'm incredibly fortunate. I come from a box that has a massive community, and they would really wanted to sort of help me out with the journey over to Madison. So they're holding a fundraising event this Sunday, which is a three workouts. You can come in like old-fashioned throw down there's two individuals and one team event i've no idea what they are that's uh, miss genie eights has been organizing that um it's free of charge to come along and join in the only thing we've got going on which is completely optional is a raffle um i've been really lucky that um i've had quite a few people have supported me with the raffle prize wise and we've got some amazing prizes now together uh reebok have, have sorted out with with amazing stash uh, obviously Hench, uh, I'm Elite and Icon who are my three sponsors but also I've been approached by SGF, Ropes, um, who else, Kratos, GLC 2000, I'm not forget anybody here now, there's another. I'm sure they'll, remi- I'm sure they'll, sure they'll remind us. <laughs> um, so these guys have all sort of approached and said yeah we'd love to help you out with the, with the raffle um, so that's the key thing, go buy some raffle tickets, you can give me a shout if you want some so if um, go to head to the CrossFit Leyland Facebook page to um, um, find the details. On, this, on yeah. Sunday, you can message me direct, uh, yeah. and I can sort them out um, if you want to be in it. Um, but yeah, that's that's the main thing. Uh, there's going to be obviously some stands there. Um, Jonathan Bishop from Iron Elite coming up, and Hench, and we've got a food stand there, uh, and a couple, I'm sure there's a couple of others. So there'll be a few few things, bits and pieces going on. And people will be able to get your supporter tea at the yes, weekend? Yes, um, I think Jonathan is bringing some up. They were on pre-order from the Iron Elite website, um, but I think he is bringing a few. We'll put um, a link to that in the show notes so people can um, hopefully link to and that. It'd be and really great because uh, that design was my design. I drew that one. Oh. Um, so it's a very special design from, from me because it's obviously got the bit of metal work with the kettlebell and the Union Jack, obviously. Yep. It's got my little logo, which is Master Your Destiny. <laughs> and it's got my dad's angel wings on it, which people probably don't know, but that's that's where the wings that's what the wings are there for. Fantastic. And now everyone knows the story, so <laughs> make sure um, you link to the show notes or get over to Iron Elite's page and, and, and get one of those so you can support Kathy in um, getting to the games. So we'll uh, wind up the episode there. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to Kathy. Thank you for the training session this morning. I enjoyed I enjoyed it up until about Ten minutes in, and then it wasn't quite so enjoyable. But we held on to Yeah. So thank you very much, and um, hopefully uh, when you get back from Madison, we'll have you back on, and we'll do a kind oh, of a review of how it was and how you got on. Thanks very much. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to episode five, guys. So our next episode, episode six, is going to be with Carl Pioli from uh, Freestyle. Um, we're going to have a chat about his coaching methodology and some of his philosophy. On the Saturday, I'll be taking part in the um, workshop stroke seminar. Um, so we're going to review kind of his um, book, um, some of his methodology, and then how that can be applicable both to you as participants, but then also to coaches as well. Um, if you can connect with us on uh, social media through Facebook or Instagram, that'd be great. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, make sure you um, like the episode and bump up our ratings. Thank you very much.